Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. It is the absolute will of God for every son and daughter of God to be an overcomer, to live in victory, to live in spiritual authority. There is still an onslaught against the people of God. It started in the Garden of Eden, and it is with us even to this very generation. There is still the powers and principalities of the air that is against us adversarial to the hand of God in our lives. There is still the deceiver, the accuser of the brethren out to trip us every single day. And that's why God has clothed us with the Holy Spirit and with power and have reauthorized us in Jesus Christ to be overcomers. So the question is, how do I gain this authority? How do I come into this overcoming victorious Christian life that Paul speaks about in the New Testament? Well, in this message, I want to bring to your attention two passages. One is from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And Peter writes and he says that God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. In the first part of this message, I want to focus on this issue of knowing the Lord. Yes, there's an enemy. We are not in denial about that, but we do not want to go on an excessive study and knowledge of the satanic. We ought to know that he exists and we ought to know his schemes as we will see in upcoming messages. But there is more emphasis in the New Testament on abiding in God and knowing the Lord and growing in the grace and the knowledge of God. And this is how we are clothed with power. When we know who our God is, we know what he has done through Jesus the Christ, and we know who he is by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, and we begin to know who we are by association with him. This is an enormous key for spiritual authority to be realized in our lives. Do we know the Lord? And in the second portion of this message, I want to focus in on Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, where he prays for the saints that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and that they would know what is the hope of God's calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe and how he works in us according to his mighty power. 
the same power that he caused Christ to be raised from the dead with, and the same power that ascended him into the heavens. Paul prays for the saints that they would know that and that they would believe that, that that power is within them, causing them to be victorious over every principality and power and might and dominion. Beloved, how do we touch this granted power, this bestowed power? How do we realize the rich inheritance of God's power in the saints? In the second portion of this message, I want to say to you, it's an issue of faith. In faith, we apprehend and we realize and we substantiate these very mystical elements of authority, power, and dominion. There is an onslaught. In Romans 8, Paul would say, there are many things that seemingly can come against the saints, like nakedness and danger and famine. We might even be led like lambs to the slaughter. Powers and principalities would seek to remove us from God. Life is genuinely a battle, he would say in Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of the air. And life is, at times, very much a life of war. So how do we stay the course in our faith? How do we live the overcoming life when it's no longer just a red carpet and life gets genuinely tough. Paul would say in Romans 8, yeah, there are many things that's going to try to separate us from the love of God. But if we stay the course in faith, we keep knowing our Lord, and we keep saying yes to Him, Paul says there is nothing of darkness that should overcome in us and through us. We should not stay victimized by the powers of darkness or enslaved to the powers of darkness, we can actually live the genuine overcoming life. So there it is in this message, basically two things that I want to bring to your attention. It's the knowing of God and then the believing what we get to know of our Lord. Absolutely everything has been bestowed upon us. That is good news. So when we talk about spiritual power, we are not inviting you into a works program thinking, you know, there's some elusive, uh, utopic, powerful Christian world over there, and then I've got to work, 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 strive, strive, try to attain. No, you've obtained. His divine power has granted to you Absolutely, I love how the Amplify says it, it's more emphatic. It's trying to encapsulate those Greek words. You're not missing out. And it has been bestowed. You have been given. It is granted to you. Everything that you need for life and godliness. So God is all-inclusive. God is all-inclusive. There's not one thing that you need that God is not. 
So you do not need peace. You need God. You don't need joy. What do I need? God. Because in God is, is any and everything positive. Every good and perfect gift is in God. So guys, the object of the Christian life is to just remain in God. To be God word. And I want to challenge you all now. Don't pursue a Christian life of different Christian attributes. You will burn out. Don't pursue peace. Don't pursue love. Don't pursue joy as like a subject or a topic or a characteristic. What you need to pursue is just God. And in God is peace when you need peace. In God is the joy that, that you need. The long-suffering, the forgiveness. So in Christianity... We grow in characteristics. I lack love, so i got to grow in love. No, His divine power has granted to you everything. So don't pursue individual things. Pursue the one person, God. Don't go on rabbit trails. Don't get sidetracked, guys. Gosh, don't buy into this ADD spirituality. Today I'm on this topic. Tomorrow I'm on that topic. Today I'm on this topic. Tomorrow I'm on that topic. I would encourage you to have dove's eyes, the way that the Song of Solomon writes about it. The dove focuses on only one thing. Have dove's eyes. Focus only on God. In Him is the fullness and the superlative of any and everything you need in addition. And I just, I just want to read this again. Um, His divine power has granted all things that pertains to life and godliness. Anything to remain alive is from God. Anything to live this life is from God. Anything to be godly is from God. Godliness is not the absence of sin. Godliness is the presence of God. Don't pursue sinlessness. Pursue God. There's a lot of folk out there that's sinless, but not godly. But the converse is true, that if you're godly, you're going to sin less. I would say to you guys, don't go on a crusade against your flesh. Don't go on a crusade for morality. Although all those things are beautiful and meaningful, I want to tell you, just walk with God. Love God. Mind God. And everything you need to live this life and to be godly, God has given it to you. Now notice the next phrase in your Bible. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things which relate to life and godliness through the full knowledge of Him. There's the key. There's the key. In the knowledge of Him, you discover the all things. So there's the key, is to grow 
in the full knowledge of who God is. And it reminds me of the Apostle Paul who said, I want to know him. I want to grow deeper in my knowledge of him. I want to know him, be more intimately acquainted with him. I want to go deeper, deeper, yet deeper. And we say, but Paul, you already know God. And Paul would say, no, everything I've gained thus far is, is just rubbish. There's more, there's more, there's more. He would say in Philippians 3, not that I have attained. I've not arrived yet, but I want to know him more and more. And yet he'd been to the third heaven. And yet he had all this revelation. And he still said, I know in part. Philippians 3.10, my purpose is to know him, to know him, to know him. And here Peter just about echoes that same refrain. You will experience life and godliness. Life is energy. Godliness is holiness. Life is energy. Godliness is character. You'll experience this vitality, this energy. You'll experience godliness the more you know your Lord. So I would say, set your sights on the knowing of God, not the pursuing of characteristics. Not that, I guess, growing in peace is wrong or growing in morality is wrong. We dare not say any of that. But there's so many of us that pursues the morality, the standard, like a Pharisee, but we are not alive in God as a result, nor are we really godly, that is, God in me. The Pharisee never sinned. The Pharisee did everything right. The Pharisee was moral, ethical, upstanding, outstanding, righteous. But he didn't have the knowledge of God. He didn't know who God was. So when God stood right in front of him, ready to give the man a hug, he was ready to crucify him. He didn't know God. And Jesus said, you didn't even know the hour of your visitation. I came and I visited you. I came and I lived among you. It says in John, they rejected him. They didn't know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. They didn't have the knowledge of him. Oh, but they had the knowledge of scripture. Oh, but they had the knowledge of fasting, of giving, of prayer, of you just name it, devotion, disciplines. So I would appeal to all of you guys. God's power has granted to you and it's latent within you. There is life in you and it's latent. And there's God in you, godliness, the likeness of God. Remember Adam's identity, image and likeness. Remember that? That's you. You are that today. But how does that get unlocked, if we can put it in such ways? How, how does that begin to sort of manifest? The more you know your Lord. So knowing Him, therefore, is still the ultimate pursuit of man. It is still the highest level you can go to in your relationship with God is to know Him. So never again say, God, give me some. Just say, God, I thank you for some. Okay? God, I thank you you're within me. I thank you I'm alive. Begin 
to prophesy and proclaim and pray and praise from the place of truth, not from the place of deficiency. Declare it by faith. Call it by faith. Lord, I am, you know, powerful in you. You have given to me. Lord, I praise you that you and me can live this life. talking to you still a little bit about the power of God in the believer. We've already covered how the anointing is in you. God is motion in you. God is moving in you. God is not just static. He's dynamic. God is alive and well within the saints. You have the anointing that you received from God. The day that you received Christ, you received the Holy Spirit who's the moving of Christ in you the anointing of the Lord in you. And so you lack for nothing. You can live an overcoming life. We don't have to try to arrive at it. You just go ahead and live it. So here in Ephesians chapter 1, and I want you to pick up in verse 17 with me. Paul is praying. He says uh, in verse 16, I pray for you, you know. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of Him. In the full knowledge of God. Notice how Paul is basically saying again, may the Lord unveil you. May the Lord reveal Himself to you so that you come into the true knowing of God, the full knowing of God. Peter just said it that you'll experience this life and this godliness through the knowledge of Him. That as you grow in God, Peter, Peter says, you'll grow in this dynamic of life and godliness. And, and, and Paul says the same thing. I really pray that you would understand God, that you would know God. Again, Paul's focus was on God. He says in verse 18, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. We, we call that revelation, enlightenment. And it's an aspect of the Christian life that you get enlightened, that you see, that you know, that you understand. But uh, he says here that you may also know the hope of his calling. And guys, that's what we've been teaching here at the sem uh, semester at Legacy. We've been wanting to make you aware of what God is calling you to. That you would know the hope of His calling. That you would know what God is up to. And there's no better book in the Bible to explain the calling of God, the purposes of God, the big vision of God than the book of Ephesians. And, uh, you know, preachers cannot preach to this book unless you give them 10 years. Commentaries on the book of Ephesians are volumes on end. It's just so deep. It's so wide. And he's saying here, I want you to know what God is doing. And yeah, beloved, the temptation for you 
is try to figure out your life, figure out your situation, figure out your future. And Paul's like, oh, I want you to have wisdom and knowledge and insight into what the calling of God is on a big scheme of things. And I just want to appeal to all of you guys and I encourage you, saints, get to know the bigger picture. So I want to refer you to a man by the name of Deverne Fromke. Deverne, D-E-V-E-R-N. Deverne, last name, Fromke, F-R-O-M-K-E. Deverne wrote several books from which a lot of people have received enlightenment on the purpose of God on a universal perspective. And um, a good friend of mine by the name of Frank Viola wrote a marvelous uh, work called From Here to Eternity. Get you a copy of that particular writing. There's a man by the name of Watchmanee. There's a man by the name of T. Austin Sparks. There's a man by the name of Major Ian Thomas. And then, of course, my favorite author of all times, Gene Edwards. Just peruse around the writings of some of these men, and this is just a few. But you'll see that they have a common thread among many, the centrality and the universality of the all-inclusive Jesus and what he's doing in the universe. And this is what Paul is praying, that you would know what God is calling you to, that you would be aware of what God is doing instead of just seeking your own life day in and day out. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Here we go again. That you would die. <laughs> I just had to say that one more time. In a way, because you're the enemy of the great of God. You're the enemy of the good purposes, the heavenly calling. Sorry to say, we have to die to our ego, our ambition, our lust, our, our vision, and find ourselves in God. And, and these authors, oh man, may the Holy Spirit just lead you among their writings a bit. And if, if, you're, if you get lost, let me know and I'll help you a bit. But Get into some of these writings and you'll just see that the weight and the depth and the vision that they expound, the calling of God on your life, then you'll see it's more than a dentist, more than a teacher. It's got to do with the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the heavenly eternal work of the Lord. Okay, so that you would know the hope of His calling. And what are the riches of the glory of of his inheritance in the saints. And I find it amazing to see how many believers are out there that don't know the richness of God towards them. The inheritance that they have in God. Why? Because they don't learn these things. They're not established in these things. They don't mind these things. They don't study these things. These things are not preached. So that's why you have the book of Ephesians, because Paul's trying to clue you in on, on just some of the things that God has given to you. And one of them is power. And he's about to speak towards that end. That you would know what God is doing. And that you would know how rich God is towards you. You don't lack a thing. 
Peter just said it. Everything for life and godliness. That Paul says here in Ephesians, that you would know the inheritance. Not an inheritance one day, but now. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Paul says, I want you to know what is the surpassing greatness. He uses strong Greek words here to indicate that this power that you've received is surpassing. That is, it's transcending. It transcends and surpasses any human power you know. And he says, and it's great. This is exalted power. Okay? So he uses immediately two words there. You can check it out. He uses two words to try to tell you the power that I'm about to describe is not average. It surpasses and it is lofty. Is everybody with me? So he's going to begin to describe heavenly power to us. And he's trying to describe this richness, this inheritance, and and what's been given to the saints. So he says, surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. Ooh, there's a key. How does this surpassing great power become vivid, living, active, real? Oh, through the same old, same old thing we've been hammering in for weeks. Faith. Amen. Amen. I don't understand the power of God. I hardly understand the richness of God. But I can be a partaker of these things. And I can experience these things through simple faith. Faith. To us who believe And I would say all the more to us who ongoingly believe. Now, in that first sentence, I want you to notice there's the word power. Do you see that in your Bible? Um, I want you to know what is the surpassing greatness of His power. That's the first mentioning of the word power in that sentence. Toward us who believe. Then notice, it goes on. According... To the power of his might, of his strength. Let me read it from my Bible a little bit. It uses different English words. These are all different Greek words for the word power. In this sentence, and you need to just go look it up. I've given you resources. Do a little bit of homework. Every Greek word for power, Paul pulls out to try to impress upon you what you've been given, who believe. He says, the surpassing greatness of his power, according to the operation, that is, according to the power of his might. There's another Greek word now, the third one, of his strength. In one sentence, he uses four Greek words to say the same thing. Uh, Energeo, kratos, dunamis, 
are Greek words. You can check it up. Dunamis, from where we get the word dynamite. And uh, dynamo, that, that is power that generates. Kratos, where we get the word uh, crater from, where it's a kind of a volcanic power that blows the top of that mountain apart. He says, this kind of like volcanic crater, kratos powers in you. Where we... <coughs> where we get the word energy, energeo, from Greek. Energy, which is vitality, power, movement. It's like all this stuff has just been given to you. And then he asks, are you aware of this? Now, as a Christian, I don't feel dapper all day long myself. I struggle just like you. But that anointing that I've received from the Holy One transmits the power, 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 power into me. Dynamo power, dynamite power, kratos, energeo power. Paul would even say in, in Philippians 2, God is at work within you to energize you. God is at work. He creates the energy in you to live this out. So I, I would say to you again, the Christian life is not on you. You just hang on to faith. And you hang on for dear life. You never conjecture. You never argue. You never fight. You say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And you stand on the word. That day, you begin to experience energy. Because God has said, work within you both the willing and the desire to do according to His pleasure. And you're a partaker of His nature. And you're a partaker of the anointing. Guys, I want to paint for you a Christian life where even though we struggle, you don't lose. And even if you fall, you're not crushed. You're just, you can't lose in God, except if you take your eyes off of God, except if you lapse into unbelief, and except if you don't want to know Him, and except if you want to get back into the flesh. But if you want to hold on to God, you live the overcoming life. And he says in verse 20, which He caused, you know, that power, which He caused to operate in Christ in raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavenlies. Do you guys realize what Paul is saying? He says, beloved, the same power, 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 power that raised Jesus from hell itself and that power that exalted him to the throne and lifted him up in ascension. He said, that same surpassing great power is in you who believe. This is Paul's theology, the principle of identification, where I don't have to feel powerful or muster up power or try to generate. I can't. But by identifying with my master, my Lord, my Messiah, my Christ, just basically identifying with him, his death is my death. And the power that raised him is the power that raises me. The power that lifted him above the world and exalted him, ascended him, that same power is towards us who believe. That is, on the principle of identification, grace, not on the principle of works and legalism. Isn't that good? So no more complaining. I just don't feel Him. No more griping. Oh God, where are you? It is towards you. And Paul is like, I want you to know this calling. And notice verse 21. He seated Jesus far above rule and authority, lordship, power, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Basically, 
the power that raised Jesus and set Him apart is the same power at work in you. No less, no more. But throw so I just don't feel it because you don't want to believe it. Francois, I just don't see it because you don't want to believe it and say, Lord, I thank you that you're powerful towards me. Lord, I thank you that you live in me. Lord, I thank you that you've given me power, 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 the same power that raised Jesus, ascended Jesus, the same power that enthroned him, so to speak, and made him an overcomer. Thank you, Lord. That is also in me. The issue is not on God not being able. The Christian issue is, will you abide, cling, rely, trust, adhere, and by faith take a hold of heavenly things? By faith. So any one of these dynamics we've been talking about, they are mostly appropriated by faith. I have no formula. I have no mechanical ritual for you to to get involved in. It is faith. Good old-fashioned, yes, Lord. And the world says, but. And the circumstance says, but. And they and them say, but. And you just say, yes, Lord. And Jesus even said that if you have this faith, you will say to a mountain, be removed. And you will have for whatever you pray. Why? Because there is power in that. Surpassing great power if you can stay in faith and don't get all skeptical don't get all cynical don't drop out of the race because God don't answer overnight stay in faith in 1st John this is how we overcome the world even by our faith this is how we overcome by faith the just shall live by faith The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. I hardly understand, but faith trumps understanding every day, every time.